If there's one thing that I've been good at, it's being able to deal with change. Being able to cope with change means you don't have to have solid lines around stuff. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high performance results in your business. Hi there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here with my partner, as always, James Shramko. James, how are you, man? Good, mate. How are you? I'm doing really good, man. I find myself back in Austin, Texas, the day after Cyber Monday, which I believe is just a made-up sales day on the internet. But it was a pretty wild day for me. How about you, man? Yeah, I don't. I, we often get requests for if we're going to do Black Friday specials and stuff, but we don't partake in that. It's it's not. Yeah, well, you're a very non-hypey marketer. I got to hand you that much. You know, you you just. I don't really get it, honestly. I I thought that the whole holiday was supposed to be a gratitude thing, but they've turned it into a commercial sales fest, and then. Uh, but um, which we don't have in this country anyway, for starters. But secondly, doesn't it just slap all your good customers in the face when you when complete strangers get massive deals? And doesn't it pull forward sales and sort of make it hard to sell stuff later? I, I don't know. It just seems weird. I think it's not so great in the services uh, market for the physical product market. You know, I understand it. Interesting thing though, have we done an episode on gratitude? I'm not sure. We have got to check into that because that's yeah. a really and we we've done one on acknowledgement, but not one on on gratitude. But that would be interesting. They, there are a bunch of people posting stuff like you know the day after you you know are grateful for all the things that you have, then you get sold. <laughs> you go trample people at Walmart for things that you don't even need. Yeah, there's riots in some countries, and and then the other thing is, everyone I've spoken to as an e-commerce store is sweating their butt off their 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 warehouse is jammed up the deliveries aren't going out for days they're stressed out of their tree they've spiked all their sales that's why i'm not a fan of putting all this pressure because i think it offers a bad customer experience and then the other anecdotal evidence is they tell me they've attracted the worst possible type of customer the bargain hunter who they never normally deal with, who's never going to buy anything else again until the next discount next year. So I don't know. My view is that's certainly nothing that, that I'm interested in doing for my business uh, at this point. I, I think it's much better to build a sustainable business that operates day in, day out. And then if you happen to run a sale from time to time, okay, right on, you get some extra sales. But Yeah, promotions are fine. Well, it's sort of like the e-commerce version of what we see in the info marketing space a lot where people are so dependent upon launches, right? Like their business doesn't work if they don't do another launch. Mm. And that's a really tough spot to be in. It is. All right. So on that note, let's talk about today's episode. <laughs> Before we get into um, – I do want to get into today's episode, but I want to mention a quote. I, I sent out this little video and I said, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. And there was a quote that I put in my video, which was, it's a far greater thing, and this is from an old rabbi, to have the ability to enjoy what you have than to have the ability to get what you want. Because what you want then becomes what you have. And if you don't have the ability to enjoy what you have, then getting what you want is meaningless. So really, truly, the ability to enjoy the things that you have in your life is what ultimately will lead you to having a pleasurable life. So I want to mention that before we get into our episode. This episode is about fluidity. And fluidity is a way of being in the world that is characterized by the ability to rapidly adapt 
to changing situations. Fluidity. What is it? How are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think, Act, Get. Yeah, it's an interesting topic. Tell us, uh, where did this come from, this idea for this topic? This idea came from Carrie. And exactly where she, why she thought of it, I, I would like to think it's because I'm a very fluid person. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. Hey, honey, where, where did this, uh, when, when I asked you for what we should talk about on TAG and you came up with this topic, what were you thinking? I was thinking about the good qualities that you have that I try to cultivate in myself. And this is one of them. Well, that's really nice. That was not planned, by the way. It's just a just drop in comment. Uh, 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 what's the word? Compliments on me, getting me flustered in the middle of the show. Um, <laughs> that's lovely. That's very nice, honey. That was um, that that almost looked staged. <laughs> so, <laughs> fluidity. You know, when things are fluid, it means that they're able to change shape and form to suit their structure. And it's important to mention structure because structure is what actually creates flow, both literally in the sense that like you need a tube for water to flow through and in the sense that if you surf every day, the daily structure of doing that activity gives you the facility to flow in that situation when you're on a wave. And it's like when water is in its fluid form, it fills the shape of whatever container it's in. It's completely adaptable. And fluidity really happens It happens automatically when you're present because the truth of the matter is that nothing is ever stable and things are always changing. And if you're in the present moment and actually here and paying attention and being present in your life, then you are fluid by nature. I actually think it's about sort of being self-contained, if you like, where you don't really need too much of outside things to to be yourself. Uh, What do I mean by that? I mean that you don't have to stretch to to play the role that you're – doing through life that you're just being and then you can sustain for a long time if you have a good routine like that is like having the the walls for the water to run down i remember one of the the most frustrating times in my whole life i actually stumbled upon the art of war and i was reading um be like water and i really resonated with that it's shapeless and formless and it can just adapt and i think water flows really well without friction so when I was um, in, in the job, the more personal I could be, the more myself I could be, and it's absolutely true now with this online business, the more that I could be myself without having to stretch or contort or put on a mask or be the person people want me to be, the easier it is to be natural with it, the less resistance there is. Life just seems to happen in a much better way because you now have – you just you basically literally go with the flow and you're not having to burn energy being someone else. You know, I think it's, it's, in, it's so relevant on so many levels. And if you want to take it down to a practical level, let's look at the example of Own the Race Course, which is the sort of foundational principle with which I built smartmarketer.com and with which you built your business and teach. And that's a, a, a – it's sort of a structure – for a content marketing business, right? A business that's that's built on uh, some form of consistent content. And that consistent content then ends up creating this sort of snowball, this flow of customers and attention and visibility and like that structure, doing that thing consistently, the structure that you create ends up allowing you to be fluid. Yeah, it's a container. It's, it's literally a, a vehicle that can express where you can just – put your stuff uh, on a continuing basis and then it just makes its way out into the you know the internet and people find you and 
I'm going to draw a really weird metaphor here and see if you can run with me on this one. But All right, let's have a here. I've been learning about surfboard design and some modern performance surfboards, especially the ones you see on the surfing professional tours, have very aggressive, hard lines. They're, you know, they're pointy at the tips. They're, they've got this deep single concave and then they go into like a, a double concave with a V and like three fins. Yeah. And yep. these things are made. It sort of seems like it's been that way for a, for a good bit here now. Well, for a long time. The three fin thing came in 1981 uh, by an Aussie guy called Simon Anderson. It's a thruster. Like 90% of boards are thrusters now. But they have pretty aggressive underneath and that means they're quite fiddly to ride they're 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 more like a performance machine so they're they're aggressive and they they're you know they they do amazing turns and maneuvers but they're not user friendly uh when you're learning especially now one of the greatest surfers in the late 60s probably the best in the world was a guy called wayne lynch who was a real natural surfer and he learned a lot of his philosophies around moving how how to move and balance from the aboriginal people and he's you know he noticed when they move and when they dance they were just in tune with the universe and not aggressive forceful they were just literally flowing and his design philosophy with the hulls on his boards is subtlety he said if i have subtle curves if it's just subtle and nothing too aggressive on the underside of that board, then it doesn't matter where I'm standing or when I'm in the wave, if I start to lose my balance, I just center and the board will correct everything for me and get me back on track. So basically his design philosophy came from his whole philosophy on movement, which all sounds a lot like flow. So what I'm saying here is the more subtle you can be and the, the more neutral you can be with your state, the less aggressive and the less sharp and the less angled, I think the easier it is for you to center and to navigate through life. Absolutely. And I th- it reminds me of sort of the first piece of advice that I get and give in almost any situation that is uh, pressured or charged in as much as like you look at a you look at um, h- high intensity athletes or marksmen or you know uh, any uh, pilots or anyone who's doing anything that of high intensity the first piece of instruction that they will give people who they are training is relax step one like relax take a deep breath and that allows you to be present which allows you to be fluid. And, you know, one of the other things that happens is in life is people get betrayed by change. And fluidity eliminates the betrayal of circumstances changing because, you know, things are going to change in life. And it also cuts down on the amount of energy that you expend as you confront potential problems because you skip the whole like, oh, I'm upset because things have changed and this is bad step. And you go straight into actively working on the situation right, you know, as it is now. And I think they also get betrayed by the idea of that everything's going to be in the future. They're always looking at at the horizon and, you know, what's next. We're we're trained from the time we're children to think about, you know, when you grow up, you're going to get a job, you're going to – it's everything's always coming down the track, so we're never getting there and we get frustrated by it. But if you can sort of say, okay, well, I'm happy to get a sense of where I'm going and I know that I can – now tune myself into the now so that 
I can make that path, but I'm going to enjoy the journey and I'm going to focus. Okay, so I've, I've visioned where I want to go. I've walked back down from there. I've set the tracks and now I'm going to board my train and I'm going to deck this train out and have a good time on this train. I'm going to enjoy the, the journey because life isn't actually designed to be easy or comfortable. There is going to be a journey. There's no doubt about that. We're, like we're in a hostile planet, so um, you know, culturally, geographically, um, we're going to have to put some effort in. So we might as well get used to and comfortable with with how we are, so that we can move through that. And when change comes up, like you said, uh, basically we just accept that that's part of what happens on the way uh, through life. It's it's our trip. That's so right on about the way that you go through life because one of the ways that you can be more fluid in life is to see more than one right way. Like let's say for – let's just take a practical thing. Let's say you're in a meeting with a prospective client and if you go in there with a rigid outlook of the one way that you want this meeting to go and you get flustered when things aren't going that way, then that doesn't give you access to all the other ways that that meeting could go that could result in you getting what you want. And If you go in there in a fluid state, you'll be in the mode of reacting to your to what your prospective client is saying and responding in a way that brings you to where you eventually want to go, being present in your life. And you know, in any given situation, if you only give yourself one right option, then you're drastically decreasing your chances of success because there's so many different, you know, right ways that things could go for you. But if you're fixated on one, then you miss out on everything else. Gosh, you know, you really highlighted something that's sort of a irritation for me is when I see uh, people presenting a canned pitch where every single word is structured and rehearsed within uh, an inch just read it. and yeah where they like you know it's a scripted <laughs> know, performance it's bad. especially motivational speakers who pitch $30,000 plus programs it was so calculating and manipulative I, I was disgusted by it but then then I see people who say you know they rehearsed a thousand times for their 30 minute spot at blogger world and I'm like what are you doing that's not natural that's not that's not flowing with it you know, I got to speak at an event recently, and of course, we're doing these podcasts all the time. And I did a live webinar yesterday for my community, and I like to be able to access the people in the the room, the people on the call. I like to be able to interact with them, and by doing a little bit of preparation, so that I have a great way of transforming people and and making sure that my points are included and in getting it across. So I do have the prep element. Well, you know, it's hard to be fluid if you're not confident in your own rightness. You got to know your stuff. You do have to do your prep. And if you've done the prep, then you can relax knowing that it's going to flow nicely and you can actually tailor it and customize it to give even more value than a, than a pre-done regurgitation it'll be more effective it'll it'll resonate with people more they will feel it in a different way because they will know its authenticity think about when you hear something that you know is rehearsed or you know you're being pitched like you can feel what's authentic and what isn't as a person and your customers and clients and the people you speak to and all that can also feel that so uh, the one thing that you have to remember is that if you're selling something you and and it's a service let's say then you really have to believe that that service is valuable and that 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 it's a good thing and like if you don't feel right about it if you don't feel like you you know your stuff or if you don't feel like you're right or if you don't feel like your service isn't profitable then there's no amount of 
slick salesmanship that's going to be able to hide that. So you got to get to a point where you feel right about yourself so that you can just relax. Because if you feel right about yourself and you feel like you know your stuff, then you're happy to just go in there and react to the room, obviously, with some sort of a plan. Yeah. So what I'm sort of talking about here is I think we need to have some sense of direction. Okay. I want to expand on that just slightly. It sounds weird, right? Think about water flowing or a glacier or or whatever, a water flowing from the mountains, where is it going? It's sort of heading down, isn't it? Like it's going for gravity. Gravity is like this sense of direction, this pull that's sort of bringing it towards the center. You get me? I'm following you, yes. Right, so it's like doing a prep before a podcast or before presenting. You've got a sense of direction, what you're trying to achieve here, where I think you can – so that gives the flow a, a bit of purpose, you know, that it's going, it's going somewhere. It's moving that way. If it's got no sense of direction, it's just going everywhere. Like once I did a zero gravity flight and we released water at zero gravity and it just formed little globules and was just sort of moving in random directions. And that is what I see people doing every day, frittering away their life on Facebook. They're just flowing in a little junky social media shell with no purpose. They just want to, you know, disengage with whatever their current existence is and let go and and just go with the flow. But I have a feeling that the direct direction that they're going is not necessarily going to get them anywhere. So think about where, where would you like to go? That's why I always have this metaphor of planning the next station and building the tracks to it, but focusing more on the engine so that once the tracks are laid, it's going to automatically go to the right station because you've done the groundwork. So spending a little bit of time thinking about where you want to get to can help you put most of your attention on where you are right now. And that's what the structure is. I mean, you really need the structure. Totally. Absolutely need that. And you know, another thing about fluidity in life is it's also about being able to move between different situations easily, like the art of easily changing directions, which is a lot harder for men than it is for women to change directions from cycle to cycle or business to business. And you know, you run, you as do I, run multiple businesses and multiple tasks. So how do you find, I've got some strategies I use to break things up so that I have an easier time switching directions or moving between things. But people have a really hard time with the change of directions, like they're going one way and that's like, oh, now you got to go this other way. And that, that is one of the things that really uh, uh, flips people up. Well, I've got, uh, I mean, I basically build a core. If you were to look at my business on paper, I have one customer in the middle. It's the same customer. So it's really easy for me. I'm, if I deal with one person, I could talk to them about all the different parts of, of how my business brings in revenue uh, because it's the same person. <laughs> You know, they might buy an affiliate recommendation, they might need a website, they might want to find out how they could make more money with that website, and then they might want it promoted on the internet. We can do all of that. It's the same customer. And here's the thing, it's the same team that I'm that I'm providing the services with, the same support desk, the same um you know, the managers are all interconnected via our team um communication device. So I have one customer and one team. It's pretty simple when you break it down. Yeah, that is pretty simple. (laughs) Uh, But it's also super effective. (laughs) This is where people get confused. Where they, you know, here's what you've got got to uh, keep in mind. When you have completely different businesses, the energy loss switching between them will usually defeat the purpose of having that many different businesses. Uh, Most people, from my experience, when I'm working with them in a a one on one or um, high level training situation, 
is that they're trying to do too many things and they're burning a lot of energy switching between the A and B and C. And for most people, if we can just cut down one or two of their options and have them focus only on one or two, I think two is a good number because it gives you a bit of engagement and diversity and and uh, stimulation, a challenge which helps flow. Uh, but also it just reduces the switching time to have too many elements. So, uh, Yeah, I mean I really, really have two core businesses as well. But, and I think perhaps multiple businesses was not the best uh, example there about changing direction. No, it's a good one though because a lot of people get confused by that. There's this huge misnomer that you know multitasking is a fantastic skill. It's probably the worst thing you could ever do. Well, you can't actually do it. I don't know if you've seen that video where they got all these people who say they can multitask and then they actually try to give them multiple tasks at once. But it turns out that you can actually only be doing one thing at a time. You're doing one thing and then you switch to another and then you switch to another. And then all those things that you did just on their own, they did this whole study, are not as good when you're trying to do a million things all at once. Like It was hilarious. Exactly. It just means you're probably going to be really bad at many things so let's, <laughs> instead of good at one uh, thing. I feel like um, we should roll into the wager unless you've got more on fluidity, but I feel like we've kind of covered it, that like that the, that the state of being fluid, the, the ability to be fluid in your actions, in your life, and the things you're doing allows you to, be, to more effectively do those things and then yield better results. And in order to do that, you need some form of structure. And so, Well, I think the, the main point I was, was hoping to cover, uh, which may not have touched on, too heavily was that I think most of the answers to this topic are within you. You can, you basically, you don't need to always uh, be in control. You don't always need to know all the answers or have everything pre-planned. If you can just be centered and aware and comfortable with you and, and adapt to change. If you, if you look inside yourself you can probably solve a lot of the challenges that you might be having if you don't think you're in flow right now. Just um, just let go of a lot of stuff and just just be confident in your own ability to to um, adapt and just let go and release a lot of this pressure and tension that other people uh, or environmentally is being put on you. You don't have to participate in that. Totally. So fluidity. Let's roll Carol. Weekly willpower wager. Carol just... She just, <laughs> she just got it, man. She, whatever it is, she's got it. Yeah, she So the, the willpower wager, which we dropped – yeah, what's the willpower wager now? So where are you being rigid in your life? Like is it a viewpoint or a stance on something in your business or a viewpoint or a stance on something in your relationship? And in that spot where you are like being rigid, be it a viewpoint or you know uh, a belief or something in your life, can you try on another perspective? Can you like look at it from a, a different way? Can you can, are you are you willing to change your mind? Because that's really like one of the um, uh, one of the ways that you can win in life is to decide that whatever your situation is is that it's good. So the ability to change your mind is is a, a really important one. So in, in this in this place where you are maybe being rigid in your life, can you can you just try out maybe being a little more fluid and see how that feels? Maybe you don't have to stick with it, but just Try on a different perspective and see if it fits. And and mostly this is like in in relationship. A lot of times you'll end up in a spot where you're in you have a different perspective on something than than the person who you're relating with about it. Could be your significant other, it could be a business partner, but they, you've got different viewpoints. So are you able to try theirs on and really look at it from their point of view for a minute? Yeah, that's it's good. And also with kids, often they will 
have various demands or um, things. And, and the thing I found about like 12-year-old kids, uh, for example, is that… Which you have a, a giant gag. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got one of them. You know, he often looks at things from his point of view and not necessarily mine. <laughs> and one of the little exercises I do is I ask him to put himself in my shoes and just see, imagine he was the recipient of some of the requests, et cetera, and how would he feel about that? And, and he, he then says, yeah, okay, I get it. And then he'll re rephrase or try a different path. So sometimes you're not getting the result you want because of your rigidity. See if you can be more like bamboo, less brittle, bend a little bit if it's required, and and you know you can maintain your structural integrity, but still let the br- the the breeze blow. Yeah. Hard and rigid things break much easier. Mm-hmm. News and updates. We got super fast business in Sydney in March. That's March, the end of March. I will not be there, sadly, this year, but I do look forward to coming back in 2016. My surfboard's relieved. <laughs> I know, I'm just going to destroy that thing. <laughs> I know you were. Secretly uh, concerned about that, but it's all yeah, right. I'm a little heavy-footed on the, on the surfboards. Sure. <laughs> now, um, we Dude, have... did you see those super-powered ones? I did see those super-powered ones, yeah. They, I, I, those are just, crazy. But I, I know what? I'm all for the natural one. I... I, I can't explain it, but there's something about having to had to work to get your own wave. You know, synchronizing with that wave. Like basically, I've I've learned pretty recently that uh, one of the goals is to match the wave's paddle's speed. If you don't, if you can't paddle as fast as the mm. wave, it tends to pick you up and toss you, <laughs> like it really gives you a slap, um, or you just can't catch it. So I like that whole synchronizing with with the wave and matching its pace and then harnessing it it's like it's sharing the energy with you as a reward it's just unbelievable and and i think at least half the participants at my event will probably go across the road and um, do a surfboard lesson because there's a surf school there and it's such an amazing thing the last time we were there i remember looking around there was 60 people from the event. That was a lot of fun. Surfing at the same time. It was one of the most magical experiences of my whole life to have that, to have been able to see other people experience that. Was, was, that was what the event was about for me, more so than any other element, was to see people with something in common, taking on a challenge and coming away with the life experience. They were definitely in flow with each other. Yeah, I remember that. I remember I took out, I think I took out Krantz at one point or uh, someone. I don't know. I smashed uh, Grant Merrily's. It was Greg. I remember that. Yeah. You, were on a, you were on a foamy. I, I paddled out on my board and if your first words were, <laughs> can I have a turn on your board? Well, your board looked nice. <laughs> well, I'm reading a fantastic book at the moment called MP. It's about Michael Peterson. It was the, the best surfer in the world in the early 70s. Wow. And – Man, they grew up dirt poor. They used to have, there was before leg ropes and they'd wait on the rocks for people's boards to get washed up and they'd go and grab them, run home, chop off the ends and then re-glass it and they'd be out in the surf that afternoon on their new board that had been rebirthed as a cut down. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fascinating. That's pretty wild. And then I bet you the people whose boards they took weren't happy about that. Well, a lot of them were like wouldn't go and get them off the rocks. It was too dangerous. Or too, so ah, I see. Uh, they'd also wait till people um, basically go home for the week, and then they'd borrow their boards all week from the surf club, and then stick them back. The hustle, man! That's the grind. <laughs> okay, so so 
Let's look at some comments that we have. Yep. Uh, we, had a, we had a lot of comments on the Hustle episode. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the Hustle episode, that was the episode we did last. And we had a bit of a debate about it. And, you know, we disagreed on some points. And, and I, I got some text messages. Some people sh- shot me text messages that, hey, man, I really like that episode. And it's good when you guys don't agree on stuff. <laughs> yeah, we should definitely not. And you know, look, we are completely different in so many ways. Yeah. yeah we- uh, and that's, that's good. That's part of one of the things I was talking about recently. I was advising uh, people on getting a good podcast. And this interview that I did went really well. This lady's show went to number one straight away, implementing all the stuff that we do. And I said one of the great things is to try and get a co-host with a different dynamic so that you've got some tension, some conflict, and that you have, you know, something that's that's really fun to listen to instead of the worst thing you could do is bore people. I think that uh, that having – well, I mean, I think that, you know, last thing you want is a yes person. <laughs> Everything you say, oh, yeah, that's you – know, that's a then it's like just repetitive, you know? Mm. So Carol on the Hustle episode said, balance is key and focusing on 80-20, great takeaway. Ezra did an awesome job, but I think James gave it 110%. So she was with you on on, on the Hustle episode. Carol? No, no, she's messing with me because I was saying how much I disliked the 110%. Right, um, right. I remember that. Metaphor. I, I, and I almost sent you a video, <laughs> but I think, she, you know, all right, all right. Well, Everyone's having fun with it. Giving you a hard time. Well, here you go. Next, Dave. Next comment. Uh, great one, guys. Enjoyed 109%. <laughs> I think Hustle's best when the intention is to serve others. It's the rewards are great in areas of your life that really matter. That's good. It's it's like good intent hustle. And this guy's name is Brome, which I think is we- like it makes me think of Broham, which is a uh, something that you know I guess uh, preppy kids in New England call each other. Uh, Broham. Anyways, what does that mean? Like it's like what's up, Broham? It's like a you know it's like saying bro, which is short for brother, but then adding ham ham onto it. I don't know. So immature. It's like these guys I would see walking around with jeans that are like their cuffs are about. Oh, that's the style now, bro. That's that's five the... inches up their leg. Like they've got. This... What is that? It's like they've got a bad tailor or something. <laughs> that's it's not. It, well, fashionable. it could rain at any moment, James. Okay, thing. It could be. We could have flash flood <laughs> conditions right now. So you've got to. Be I don't. Prepared. I don't understand it. I just like seriously. It's like look at my weird socks and my. Brogue shoes. I don't know. I mean, it's pretty. It's it's really hip in New York, though. Back in the day, you know, we used to do the hem of the pants used to be at the bottom of the heel. Yeah, that's in that's in the old considered. days. Now, I mean, when I was a kid, it was all about having the pants over the sh- the shoe, you know. But mm. I I'm I'm not I, I can't hate on them. It's whatever's fashionable. Oh, I'm not hating on it. I'm just thinking it's just really weird. It's like they're screaming. Look at me. <laughs> Look at my socks. Look at my strange and then, hat and my funny socks uh, and my tight pants and my white shirt that uh, that's crisply ironed, but but it looks like I've just thrown it on somehow all at the same time. It's weird. You know, I think that it is that fashion. So I like to feel. If we want to go on, we should do an episode on fashion, frankly, because I, I like. Well, we should. I like to feel good. Well, but, and these guys, these twenty-year-old guys with beards that make them look fifty or a hundred, <laughs> like Ned Kelly, or like. Hello, it's like they're gonna look. They're gonna look at that in a decade and think, "What an idiot was I!" That was never gonna work. Yeah, well, I think it comes down to um, there's a there's a balance between wanting to look good because it feels good to look good and needing attention. It's on to, it's on topic because actually, 
some people don't want to be left out of the flow of the cultural right. community, so they conform, and they all look exactly the same. Well, I mean, it's not. I mean, individualism is is uh, sort of popular on the outskirts of of at least of this nation. That's why I say, if you're confident in yourself, you can just wear whatever you well, whatever, whatever is you comfortable, want. right? And and, and for, like I like to, I, I dress up. Well, no, no, not even comfortable. It's see, life isn't about comfort. I'd rather have a rich and rewarding. Life. Well, clo- clothing for me has become about comfort. I like to be comfortable in my clothes. But you know, the most comfortable clothing is probably a onesie, and that's going to look like crap. <laughs> so you got, you know, you got to. I, I wouldn't say comfort's the main priority for clothing. I'd say it's something that that works for you. Whether that maybe comfort's your priority, maybe practicality might be someone else's. Maybe fitting in or conforming is is someone else's. So, it's the it's the one that that you would naturally feel is is right for you. So I, I think that's that's probably my, like I don't like wearing things with huge logos. I think God they they want me to pay a premium for the product and they want me to advertise it. Are they kidding? They like they look so yeah, dis, disgraceful. I mean, it's huge logo clothing. <laughs> well, Brome, here's what Brome. <laughs> Here's the Brome. <laughs> yeah, Brome. Back to Brome. Sorry, Brome. Yeah, it's a cool so, name. Uh, all right, Brome. Here we go. Hustle is an interesting topic as it reminds of the other popular expression mentioned online of take action. It reminds him of take action. And I've been trying to make or create an online business for five years, and I've had big highs and lots of lows, but I've done a lot of action taking and not much long-term to show for it, sort of at the final stage of burnout. Man, that's a tough spot. The hard thing with taking action and work ethic is that you can find that it doesn't always achieve your results that you wanted, but that is life. So this guy, so Brome's pretty down on himself. He's saying he's on the final stage of burnout. No, no, but like, he just doesn't understand yet. Let me just... um... Highlight this. Give drop some knowledge on Brome. Brome, it's it's <laughs> the hard thing about taking action is nothing to do with work ethic, right? Or not getting the results. It's all about taking the right action. Let me paint a picture for you. You're in the middle of the desert. There is a well ten paces north, and there's a town a hundred kilometers south. And your take action is to start walking south. You could take as much action as you want, but you're probably not going to make it and you'll probably die. Whereas just 10 paces in the right direction, less effort, but the right action gets you an instant result that can save your life. So this taking action or action taking mantra online is the biggest load of bullshit. Well, it's one of the biggest. There's so many, but that's just such a ridiculous notion. It's all of, and Peter Drucker was onto this in the, the 60s, right? It's about doing the right things. And he was making a distinction between doing things right. So it's not, a, not about perfection or doing fantastic work or working hard or how much action you take. That's all crap. It's all about doing the right things. And the most important part here, because we assume that you're going to do the doing part, right? Obviously, you get nothing if you sit on your butt. The right things. And the right things might actually be less things. And if you want to join that to one of the other philosophies that we often talk about, the 80-20, we know that 80% of the results come from only 20% of the things. So it's proof that you can do less things and get better results as long as they're the right things. 
So the chances are you've been wasting a whole lot of time and energy and resource on the wrong things, which is why you've got no result. And I do, you know, that we do see that situation a lot where people... You could do 100 times more work and still get no totally. result because it's, it's wrong. And if you want a little bit more on that, you go and look at someone like Charlie Munger, who's the decisions guy behind uh, Warren Buffett's billions. Uh, he says that um, when you get a bad hand, fold early. And when you get a winning hand, bet big. Words to that effect. So... If you basically have a bad hand or no hand or no idea, taking action or or do it, placing more bets on that is just stupidity. And if you have a good hand and you or you know the right actions or you know you're on a winner, back it hard because they don't come along all the time and you want to ramp that. So if you were to look into Ezra's business or my business, what you'll see is some evidence that we found something that works and we've gone hard at it like Ezra's found a product that sells and he's just backed it I've found a market of people who have uh, a problem that I can solve that I can access who have capacity to pay and I've served them and I double down on it I've got the high and the low program and that's where the results come because we're taking the right actions and you don't have to take too many actions as long as they're the right actions I think that um you know, I, I see this a lot too. If you just like want to look at examples of the emails that I get at Smart Marketer, it's sort of become this thing where, you know, we we have someone. I'm not actually responding to emails anymore uh, that customer support requests that come in, but I do get a lot of them. Um, and I, and when there's questions that my team can't answer, I do sit down with my team at once a week and say, Hey, what's you know, are there have there been any support questions that couldn't get answered? And then I help with those. But one of the things that happens is people often tell us that they've been at this a whole long like a very long time, but they were doing like affiliate marketing or CPA or like some kind of business model that is clearly doomed. And they've spent all this time and energy, you know, focused on this model that is like not a sustainable model that adds value to anyone's life. So I think that it can, you know, that I understand the spot that you're in. And, and if you're, if you find, if you're, if you are one of these people who's been at this for years with no success, maybe take a look at what is it that you're doing? Like what, you know, exactly what you're saying, James. Yeah, it's a, it ain't like you put it this way. You got to do something different. <laughs> that's that's the short answer. And I was only t teaching this to my own community yesterday. I gave them a set of filters to make sure that you tick the boxes on the, on these filters before you go down the path of anything, because it's going to tell you pretty much in advance if you're going to fail or not. If you can pass the filters, you're probably going to succeed. If you don't pass the filters, there's a huge risk. So, Brome, I feel for you. But hopefully with a new definition, doing the right things, you could do, get a lot better results with a lot less effort. Yeah, totally. And chuck on the loss. And it's not too late. Like all this work you've done now to get nothing will give you an appreciation of how much better it can be when it is good. You can't have light without shade. You've had the shade. It's time for some light. Go get him, Brom. And come back and let us know how it goes. Chuck on the loss episode, which was the one we did before uh, Hustle, which was also a fantastic episode, episode 50, I believe. He said, I love this one, guys. This sort of non-tactical business mindset stuff is gold. It's all about how you think, man, and I'm glad that you enjoy it because we, we really um, we feel pretty good about it. So think about it. Uh, are you sticking with your quote, James? Yeah, I'm going to go with this because uh, I had limited prep time. <laughs> because we have limited time. Uh, life is fluid. And the minute you start trying to put a line around something, it will deceive you and go away. 
So that's about that's about not trying to control everything or like just realize you don't really have the power to, to influence everything that's going to happen to you. Just accept it. Like you know, I think I've said this before. If there's one thing that I've been good at, it's being able to deal with change. Being able to cope with change means you don't have to have solid lines around stuff. So that was an Alan Arkin quote. I think that's a pretty good one. Yeah, I think I thought it was pretty good. I'm glad you stuck with it. My quote is by Joni Mitchell, who's a great vocalist and and uh, singer and songwriter, and she said that she sees music, which is her craft, as fluid architecture. And I thought that was just so well said. I mean, I see the world as fluid architecture. It's kind of what we're dealing with is, uh, uh, you know, structure and flow. So if you can get good at that, then uh, um, you will be able to more effectively handle the situations that come up in your life, which is what it's all about. Being able to, you know, go through life and, and have a good time and add value and, you know, bring something to this world and also um, enjoy yourself and, and get, you know, get what yeah. you want and, nice. you know, have achieved the goals that you want to achieve. Well, I think uh, today's episode had more meat in the comments section. I love responding to the comments because we're dealing with real people and, and you know, we've sparked something. It, it, was, it was an idea in our heads. It turned into audio and then someone reacted to it and then we get to react to the reaction. So I think that, that this episode uh, had some some good points that we got to cover. It was all about flow. Life is fluid. And, uh, you know, once you, once you get on board with that, I think you'll find things could be a little bit easier than, than what you've been making it. And if you think about it as, the, as fluidity is a way of being in the world that's characterized by the ability to rapidly adapt to changing situations, then you're going to be on track. That's, so that's what we've been talking about in this episode, fluidity. What is it? How are you using it? How is it affecting your business and your life? Uh, thanks for sticking around this episode. I hope to see you on the next episode. And uh, it's time for Ezra's unusual end of episode sound effect. <laughs> Honk. <laughs> there you go. You heard it first. <laughs> this has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free.